Wow. <laughs> Let's see if we'll be clapping at the end. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? We'll see how we go. No, it's absolute. Uh, what a joy to be back. And uh, last week was our first time uh, on site and um, completely overwhelming, I must admit, for myself. And the same again today, just to, to come here and to see you, to look at you in the, in the eye. And this week, you're not even wearing masks. I can see your smiles. I can see your teeth when you smile now, which is absolutely wonderful. And I can see you if you fall asleep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is early, isn't it, these nine o'clocks, but wonderful to be here. And uh, it's just great to be back. We also had a wonderful time last week with our family service. And we have that again today, just have our families and kids come. And so just wonderful to be back, isn't it, to come and to encourage each other again. So I look forward to speaking with you again, of course, after our service. Of course, it's, it's the Christmas season, it is Advent, as we look forward to Christmas Day. And we've been looking at a series over this term, looking at the statements of, of Jesus, I am. These the statements that Jesus made about his identity and who he is. And through this Christmas season, we're going to look at the identity of Jesus Christ that's revealed through the Christmas story. Or he is, these are things that people said about him. And today our theme is, he is the light in the darkness. You see, this season reveals for us who, who Jesus is and what he is able to do for us and the change that he makes in our lives and in our world. Today we're going to be focusing on this idea that he is the light in the darkness. Now, good things, I must say, come in small packages I was able to find this uh, by asking Beck for it. You see, this, this little package held, held a very special gift and a very significant gift. Can anyone guess what it was? Now, it is empty because the gift that was inside is being worn. <laughs> it was an engagement ring. And when I went down on one knee and I proposed to Beck, this came out. And it held a special little ring which signified something far greater than even the box that contained the ring. You see, this small gift and this small package represented the love that I had for Beck. And it represented a question which was simply, will you marry me? Will you spend the rest of your life with me? Such a small little package, such a small little box that contains something so precious, not just the gift itself, but what it stood for. And in this Christmas season, we remember a small baby, tiny child that would sit within an unassuming, dirty, filled with hay, little cradling the most precious gift of all time, this this. This, this small thing holding the baby, Jesus. Jesus, so small, yet he symbolised something so great. And he was born into a time when God's people were under foreign rule. They were hard, they were, they were dark times. And the passage we're going to read from today from Isaiah is a prophetic word that also came in a difficult season where God's people were, were 
distant from him because they were disobedient actually and God allowed them to be held under foreign rule. They were dark times. Yet in the midst of this season, we read these words in Isaiah. Open your Bibles if you can to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 7. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever, we read in verse 9, chapter 1. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms of blood, the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will all be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen. Not sure, have you heard these words before? You may have heard them. They're often quoted, especially from verse 6, for a child is born to us, often at carol services or as people share songs, they often quote these words. And it speaks of a promise. It speaks of the light, a light that will come in the darkness. And it shares of a time where these people were in a land of darkness. And if you look at verse 20 of the previous chapter, if you've got your Bibles, have a look, you read there. The darkness equals something. In verse 20 we see and we read, Look to God's instruction and teaching. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. In Isaiah we see people who had done just that. They had contradicted, they had forgotten the Lord's commands and they found themselves in a very dark place. But the promise is here that they will see a great light and that Israel will be enlarged, simply meaning increased. They will rejoice because they will be blessed by this light. The prophetic word is saying someone will come, a light will come and you will be blessed by it. More than ever before in our world, we need hope. Would you agree? More than ever before, we need light in a dark world. Look around the world in which we live. We see brokenness. We see political tension and we see see never-ending, never-ceasing war. Not much has changed. 
We also need light in our world. As we read in Isaiah, it says this light in verse 4 and 5, that this light will do certain things. Firstly, it will break the yoke of slavery. This light will bring freedom. This light will come and break the oppressor's rod. It will come and bring victory. This light will come and will bring an end to war. It will bring peace. We look to this light and we yearn for these things. And in verse 6 we see this. We see the light revealed. A child is born to us. A son is given. A prophetic word here is now given. Of whom? This small baby. This unassuming child will come and bring all of these things. And this prophetic word is confirmed in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 12 we read, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth. He then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. Sound familiar? (laughs) This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah, which are the words we're reading, in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. The light is revealed as Jesus Christ. These words shared so many years ago would come to be in this tiny, small child. And imagine a child for a moment. Imagine a tiny little baby, powerless. We often look at the child and wonder what will become of it, what its life will bring, what influence it might have on the world and we see a small child and and we wonder, we wonder what life it will have. The the baby of Jesus Christ. As Mary and and Joseph looked in that small child, I, I wonder what they thought. They knew Angels had told it that it would be the Son of God, that he would bring freedom. But what would, they, what would that look like? I'm sure they wondered. We know, as read in Isaiah, that this light that is revealed will come and his reign, the reign of the, the world will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. His identity revealed, revealed to us. And if you look at these names, they they contrast the actions that go before in the previous verses. And I'd like to do that this morning as we look at these names of Jesus Christ. The first is this. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. And contrast that to verse 4. That the light will come and break the yoke of slavery. This light will come and bring freedom. Jesus will come and bring freedom. And a yoke invokes the image of, of, of an animal. You see, animals had a yoke put over their shoulders, often to, to bind them to another animal, but it was to tame the animal. It was to harness it. 
so that it could work and really to keep it in line. So this image here is that the yoke of slavery, this binding of slavery, this burden of slavery will be lifted from their shoulders. And for us, Jesus Christ, our wonderful counsellor, comes to bring freedom, to release us from burdens that we carry. Even in our our modern day, counsellors meet with clients and they sit and they, they encourage them. To what end? To help release them from the burdens, from the things that consume them, from the things that restrict them. They hope to sit with them and to help them work through their their problems or their situations so that they can find freedom. And in a spiritual sense, as we look at this, Jesus has come to break the bondage of sin and death. He is our great counsellor and brings freedom to us if we place our faith in him. He invites us to come and find rest in Matthew 11:28. I love these words. Jesus said, "Come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light." See the contrast? from a burden that is heavy, that consumes us, that drags us down. Jesus says, come, I will carry it. I will lift that burden for you. Bind yourself to me and I will carry you. Find rest. Jesus takes our burdens upon himself. And so in this season, I wonder what you've come through. Has this been a difficult season for you? Maybe maybe it hasn't. Maybe you're here going, no, actually, it was good, but maybe you're here and it has been a hard and trying time. Well, this morning, come to Jesus. He invites you to come and to bring your burden to him. To place your trust and your faith in him and he will come beside you and give you peace and give you rest. In a world that brings burden and heaviness, the stresses of everyday life, And in this season, just the stress of providing, not knowing from one day to the next if we'll have enough to provide for our families, to not know what will happen with our schooling, with our future. In all of this is the anxiety of what's going to happen. Well, we can know this, that as we walk with Jesus, we can find rest and find confidence in him. Know that Jesus is our wonderful counsellor. In him we can know freedom Jesus is our light in this darkness. We also see these two terms being coined. That the light will be the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Verse 4, we read that this light will come and break the oppressor's rod. The light comes to bring victory. And the rod, quite literally, was a stick a very solid hardwood stick and it was used to literally beat slaves into submission. It might seem like, oh, that's, that's only a stick. No, they, they, the, those using them you, you knew how to use them well and if a, if a slave would step out of line, they would be hidden and beaten back into their, into their position. And if, 
hitting in the right places and hard enough, a rod could kill a slave. Simply used to keep the slave in bondage. The rod could break bones, it could crack skulls. And so this, this term that say, says this will break the oppressor's rod means that this slavery is done with, this oppression is done with. This light will come and bring victory from that oppression. Speaks of Jesus Christ and our spiritual parallel for us today is that Jesus has defeated the evil one, the greatest of all oppressors. Comes and he brings us victory and freedom from the evil one and from our sin. He is our mighty and divine hero. This term mighty God can be translated as divine hero. This one who comes and who saves us. And not with weapons of war, not with another rod, not with a sword, but by giving his life for us. In contrast to the oppressor that wields a rod, Jesus is revealed and we know him to be revealed as as one who comes in humility, with grace and with love. He's our mighty God and everlasting Father, interesting title. For as Jesus came, he also said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus Christ himself represents the Father as he comes. And so he comes not as one to oppress us, but to free us. And one to come in such a relational way that we would be able to reach out and call out Heavenly Father to our God. We can know God ourselves. We can know him as our very own personal experience in our walk with him. Jesus brings victory. He is our light in the darkness. And the last term that's used is Prince of Peace. The light will come and bring peace. Verse 5. I find this a very interesting little Verse, actually, if you read it closely, speaks of the boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. There will be fuel for the fire. The weapons of war, the things needed for war, will no longer, will no longer be needed. Good enough to be t- taken off and destroyed, for war has ceased. The essentials of the soldier will be done away with. Now, modern day, maybe it could be said that their uniforms were fuel for the fire. Maybe their rifles and their, their weapons of war will be melted down and recycled. Who knows how we can say that? But unnecessary, no longer needed. For peace will now be the norm. Jesus brings peace. It brings peace for all eternity. Verse 7 says his rule will never end and he will rule with fairness and justice in contrast to the oppressors that will come with a rod who will come making people slaves. No, he will come with fairness, with justice. We live in a world of war. We live in a world of violence, of selfishness where people are constantly pursuing personal gratification. And war seems to be the constant thing. If you turn on the news, it's just an update of the, the new conflict or the continuing conflict somewhere 
on our land. And you would think so many years have gone, for, for so many hundreds of years, our, our, our human race has continued to grow. I'm not sure if we thrive. Because you think we would have learned by now how to get along. But no, all we think of are new ways to destroy each other. New weapons are designed, they become more advanced and more destructive than ever before. And as we watch and as we see this, our world yearns for peace, don't you? As you watch, don't you just get sick and tired of seeing the way our humankind continues to just destroy each other, inflict violence upon violence? Don't you watch it? I know I do. There are times I just turn it off. It's just too much. Again. Not again. Not again. We all yearn for peace. I was walking just this week and in the background a Christmas carol was was being played. Yes, it's that time. Carols play everywhere on the radio, at shops. And the carol that was being played was the song, So This Is Christmas, written by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. So this is Christmas. You know the one. That's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> and what have you done goes on. Another year over and a new one just begun. Are you singing it in your mind? And so this is Christmas, the words continue. I hope you have fun. The near and the dear ones, the old and the young. A very Merry Christmas. You hear the tune? <laughs> and a Happy New Year. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Let's hope it's a good one <laughs> without any fears. So this is Christmas for weak and for strong, the rich and the poor ones. The war is so long. So happy Christmas for black and for white, for yellow and red ones. Let's stop all the fights, says the carol. And if you listen closely to this carol, this background choir sings these words over. War is over, if you want it now. War is over, if you want it now. It's not necessarily a statement of truth, is it? It's a declaration of what we yearn for. Our war, our world, sorry, yearns for peace. In this story, in this declaration, in this prophetic word of who Jesus is, we can say this, only Jesus will bring everlasting peace. Every other promise of peace will not last may last for a moment, but it will fail. Only Jesus will bring everlasting peace, for he has conquered the cause of war, sin itself. We can know personal peace as we walk with him. Forgiven and set free. And when he finally returns, there will be peace like never before. The wars of this world will end and we will go into eternity with him 
for all those who have accepted him as their personal Lord and Saviour, that will go and know peace for eternity. Do you yearn for that time? (laughs) I know I do. And as we sit here, we know we can have hope in this day and in the person of Jesus Christ. And this prophetic word ends with these encouragements that this is certain, for it states, the Lord of the heavens' armies will make this happen. Not might. He will make this happen. He is zealous. He is passionate about this cause. Evidenced by a baby in a manger. There's the word, manger. I was looking for that at the beginning. <laughs> Evidenced by a baby in this tiny manger filled with hay. A tiny child. God incarnate going to the extremes of coming to the very world that he created to defeat sin, to defeat death and to finally bring peace to this world that needs it. Jesus is our Prince of Peace and only he can bring everlasting peace for Jesus is our light in the darkness. This season, I pray that you might know this hope. Whatever occurs, whatever is going on around us, whatever changes may come, we have hope in him. In the darkness of our world, Jesus is our light. He is our freedom. He is our victory. He is our peace. He is our wonderful counsellor, our mighty God and everlasting Father, our Prince of everlasting peace. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for these words, these prophetic words that speak of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. We thank you that we can have hope in you. We thank you that you have come, that you offer us hope and life. Lord, we pray for our world that is so broken. Pray for individuals, Lord, who are separated from you, find themselves, Lord, in complete darkness too. Lord, we pray that people will turn and see you and see the light that is in you. We pray against the work of the evil one who would blind, who would deafen people's ears to see the truth and to see your word. We pray in this Christmas season that people may come to see you for who you are. In the uncertainty, Father, I pray that this may cause people to look for things that are certain and that they might find their certainty in you, they might find hope in you. Help us, Lord, as your sons and your daughters to go and to share this wonderful news, to live it out in our lives people may come to find hope in you. So we thank you for the hope that we have in you. Father, we also ask in this season that it won't just be routine. It won't just be another Christmas. 
Lord, that you will continue to reveal yourself in new ways to us. That you would grow us and shape us to become more like you. So we look forward, Lord, with expectation in this time. And we pray and give you thanks in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.